From PRN, this is Maddie Smith interviewing Dr. Carrie Champagne. Okay, so why are you doing this um, podcast on the end of rotation evaluations and the MSPE? Uh, so working with students, advising them and preparing chairs letters over the years, I've had the opportunity to work with hundreds of students and read just as many evaluations. And I've seen inconsistencies with the evaluations and really some lackluster narrative comments. Um, event, end of rotation evaluations and feedback are integral to the success of medical students. Without feedback as a student, you don't know how you're doing, whether it's good or bad, your strengths or weaknesses. And there have been times that students have gone through their entire academic year and had no idea there was an issue. And it's something we could have been working on the whole time, but it was never reflected on their evaluation. And for the student, this is their grade. This is what's going on in their transcript, on their MSPE. It's going to help determine their future. And we want to make sure the person who's responsible for filling out this evaluation understands its importance. And it's not just a second thought that sits on their desk for weeks and then it's just filled out quickly without the proper thought and attention it really deserves. Yeah. Are there any current problems with how these evaluations are being filled out? Yeah. We often get these evaluations months after the student has rotated with the preceptor and we get it. They're busy with clinical responsibility, call, family. The problem is by the time we receive them, too much time has passed and we've really lost that golden opportunity to intervene and help a student with an issue before their next rotation. And imagine as a learner what it's like to not know how you've performed for days, weeks, and months um, after. And we also see a lot of evaluations where preceptors assign the same rating to every part of the evaluation. For instance, all meets expectations or above expectations. And most students are going to have variability in their performance. Variability actually suggests that the person that filled out the evaluation took the time to reflect on each item versus a global assessment. And then many times there's not any comments in the narrative section of the evaluation, which really leaves big blanks on the MSPE that's going to residencies. And more often, preceptors are really good at telling the student their strengths. So we see that section often at least has some comment, but not so much on areas to improve. And the reality is there's no perfect student, no perfect position. There's always something we can each do to improve, especially during our training years. So everybody should have something in this section. Do you think that um, students, do they report any concerns with their evaluations outside of timelines and the lack of comments? Absolutely. We hear this all the time. They report inconsistencies in grading. So for instance, some preceptors give all honors, others don't. And becomes a community-based medical school. So we have students at multiple sites through multiple states. And what we see sometimes, um, what we sometimes see happen is students who consistently receive, receive honors will suddenly get a pass at a different site. Or we have a student who has one honor evaluation and the others were really low. So the question is, when there are these huge discrepancies, we have to ask ourselves, did the student really, that was just skating by, really hit it out of the park on one rotation? Or um, the student that was giving honors, was that really an accurate assessment? Or is the low score? And there was a study um, on the WACOM that asked students how they felt about grading they received on their clerkships. And nationally, only 44% of medical students interviewed felt grading was fair. They say that they're often scored based on if they were liked versus being graded on their clinical reasoning and medical knowledge. So the student that's really social with the nurses and staff brings donuts, but really lacks basic medical knowledge will sometimes be scored better than the introverted student who has a knowledge base at the level of an intern. And in fact, introversion is often seen as an impediment in a clinical setting. 
instead of being perceived as people with great listening skills, they're often seen as people lacking communication. And in that same study, they felt that students who were able to adapt quickly and perform well from the start scored better, even if all of them achieved competency by grading. And they found that females, white students, and extroverted students scored better. So definitely a bias was seen. And up to 40% of the time, in some studies, students are graded on competencies that they never actually were you know, observed to be doing. So especially physical exam skills are graded on something that a preceptor has never seen them do. Have you shared this feedback with any of the preceptors? So we do. So each discipline chair offers specialty meets with each preceptor yearly um, and feedback is given to them. But this is really not a problem that's unique to VCOM. In talking to faculty at other medical schools, they have the same problem. Here's, here's what we found out. Many of them have never had any faculty development on how to fill out an evaluation. And as mentioned, some preceptors, especially new ones, haven't taught a student or precepted a student since residency. And others don't realize how it's used. And this is where I was when I started. I didn't realize the importance of this evaluation. But this is actually a grade that goes on their transcript. And the comments, which we'll talk about shortly, are on their MSPE. And others don't want to put feedback in the evaluation as they're afraid how it will affect the student in the future. Have you offered any faculty development for your preceptors on the process? Our challenge at VCOM is we don't have one affiliated hospital, we're community-based. And so we share the same challenges as other schools um, that are community-based. At Virginia specifically, our students are spread across multiple sites in a handful of states with hundreds of preceptors. And our preceptors have a variety of experience with teaching. Some are in academic centers and others, again, have not interacted with the students since residency. So they may not be as familiar with the evaluation process. We do give our preceptors access to the teaching physician online, which has articles and videos, but preceptors are busy. Their time, extra time outside of charting is spent reading articles to me in their specialty certification, doing charts. So my hope is that this podcast will be another option for them and something they can listen to anytime. Sure. So what is the purpose of the end of rotation evaluations? So this evaluation is really a summative evaluation. It's a compilation of a student's entire experience during that clerkship, and it gives them a grade. And there are some goals of the evaluation. The first, of course, is it's going to show the student how they performed compared to other students at their stage of learning. Do they meet expectations, excel, or are they below where they should be? And it gives them information on areas they excel and areas that they need to improve, including learning gaps. And ultimately, it determines if this learner is ready to move to the next level and ultimately to independently practice as a physician. The other thing, though, is on a broader scale, it really helps the school. It serves as a guide to improve teaching methods, and it helps improve curriculum and curriculum development. So in obstetrics a few years ago, we saw that students were really lacking knowledge in a certain topic, ectopic pregnancy. So we went back and we actually changed the second and third year curriculum. Another example in OB We were receiving feedback from preceptors that students were not able to interpret basic fetal heart rate tracings. So we went back in the curriculum and added a workshop with assessment in the second year and made an online module available in the third. Physical exam skills would be another. Students are all getting below expectation on a neuro exam, for example. Well, the school needs to go back and examine that part of the curriculum. I've noticed that the evaluation at VCOM and most medical schools actually has two parts. The first half is a scale and the second part asks for comments. Yeah, so most medical school evaluations are going to have two parts. The content in the first half is what differs. 
So FDCAM, the first half looks at five areas and asks the grader to choose a button on the evaluation, basically a Likert scale, unacceptable, below expectations, meets expectations, above expectations, or exceptional. And there's also an NA or non-applicable um, area if you've not observed the behavior. And I really recommend using that if you have not witnessed it or it's not pertinent. For instance, in obstetrics, outside of a few conditions, we really do a neuro exam. Some preceptors don't do OMM, so just fill in that you didn't observe it. And then the areas that are graded on our evaluation are communication, problem solving, clinical skills, medical knowledge, and then professional and ethical. And basically, the numbers are added up and the grade is calculated. A student could fail, pass, have a high pass, or get honors. As a preceptor, how can they know how a third year or fourth year should be graded? Like what meets the expectations? So that's the challenge. That's the hard part. And I think it definitely becomes easier as you have more students and can compare their skills and knowledge to each other and see different students. And after you've had a handful, sometimes you look back retrospectively and you're like, ah, that was an exceptional student or that was a meets expectations student. But at the beginning, the first thing you should do is look at the syllabus and get an idea of what the school expects them to know. So at VCOM, you can find these on our website or contact the discipline chair. But this gives guidance on what a third-year medical student should know or what a fourth-year medical student know. It also shows the textbooks that are recommended, which are a great reference so that a preceptor can see exactly how in-depth we want a student to know a topic. You have to remember, we are content experts in our field. We've completed years of residency specific to this field. We've practiced what seems so easy or day-to-day -day for us. They can be completely out of scope for a third or fourth-year medical student. So recently I talked to a student who was doing a cardiology selective and did not do well on the medical knowledge part of the evaluation. And after we talked, it became clear to me that the procedures and medications the preceptor had expected the student to know at baseline were way out of the scope of a third year student. Now, if they had told the student to read about a specific medication or procedure, and they didn't, couldn't answer the questions, that's different. But we have to remember these are students, not residents, not attending physicians, and that's harder than you think. And the second thing I would recommend is keeping in mind where you are in the academic year. A third year student who's on their first clinical rotation may not be able to yet discern a major complaint from a minor or form a comprehensive differential. But later in the year, we would expect that. And some students are in altered degree program due to military commitments, illness, or leave of absence, and maybe off cycle. So I usually ask my students, if they've done any rotations, and if so, if they were outpatient or inpatient, so I have an idea of what they've been exposed to. And I think the bigger thing to really look at is, was there improvement? How did the student respond to and um, respond to the feedback? So what is the difference between a student who performs below expectations versus one that is exceptional? Mm -hmm. So the first thing is a student can be below in one area and exceptional in another or have a great fund of knowledge, but lack professionalism. And this is why it's really important to read each line item under each of the five headings. In fact, we always wonder about the validity of an evaluation when the entire evaluation is filled out with one score. So a student who meets expectations is one that performs as you would expect someone to, basically they can perform the basic tasks with a little bit of prompting and direction. If they're able to function with minimal prompting and directing, that would be above expectations. The exceptional student is the one that is teaching his or her peer how to obtain a history or helping them form a differential. But on the other hand, let's say you have a student who's given a task and given direction and is still unable to, 
Um, and so it's given feedback, but requires a lot of prompting and direction. That's below. And unacceptable means the student's been given feedback, direction, and prompting, and still doesn't complete the task. So let's use an example. You ask a student to do a history and physical on a patient, and they come out, but they've forgotten a key question part of the history and physical. Maybe they didn't ask about birth control in a sexually active female or perform a neuro exam in a patient with a migraine. The exceptional student is the one that's teaching her peer how to do the neuro exam. The above expectation student is able to do this on their own. Maybe once or twice you said, asked a question about their medical history. The meets expectation student you're sitting in the room with a prompt. Remember, her complaint is a headache, so make sure you do a neuro exam. The below expectation student is able to perform the task, but maybe you're in the room and you have to say, now is the time you'd want to do a neuro exam, and you actually have to watch them do it. But the unacceptable student, despite being prompt and receiving the feedback, still can't do the tasks. And I would emphasize again at this point that the ability to competently take a history and examine a patient are mainstays of practice and therefore direct observation of history taking and physical exam in order to provide this feedback and to grade in this area is crucial. So how do preceptors know if the students pass or fail once they have filled in the buttons in the five areas? So this is one of the most common questions we get from preceptors and the answer is you don't. Um, not until we receive it at the school and grade it. And any student that has failed the professional and ethics portion, even if the rest was good, automatically fails. This area is non-negotiable at BCom, and we expect all students to pass this area. But if a student receives a failing grade, we will reach out to you. And sometimes preceptors will tell us, wait, I didn't want them to fail. They're just really below expectations. But this is the feedback that we need so that we can sit down with the student and address it so they can be continue to be successful. This is our golden moment. The second part of the evaluation says, please identify the areas where students have shown the greatest strengths and identify areas for the student to focus on to improve their clinical performance. What should be included in this portion? So this is arguably the most important part of the evaluation. The narrative comments used in this portion are included in the MSPE, which used to be called the Dean's Letter when most of us went to medical school. And it will be used as part of their application for residency. It should never be left empty. The comments should relate to specific behaviors and provide insight into what kind of physician that student will be. So they should explain why the student received a five. They should explain why they received a low score and they should give the student an actionable advice they can use to improve. They should be written with enough detail that an independent reviewer clearly understands how the student performed. Comments should also include how did the student respond to feedback? So when you gave them some constructive criticism, what did they do with it? And it's really important to collect information from others who have observed them during rotation. So I always ask any residents that are with me, nurses, and office staff. You really want to avoid global statements. You want to refer to their specific behaviors, and you want to ask yourself, what's it going to sound like on the MSPE? And honestly, if you've written the same comment in more than two other students' evaluations, it's probably not specific enough to that student. So I give you some examples of um, what we see on letters in the strength section. Things we see are John is a strong student, Mary is hardworking, Tom is a pleasure to have on the team. Those do sound like great traits of a medical student, but what is wrong with these comments and how would you actually improve the comments? They are very complimentary comments, but they don't give the reader insight into what the student does that makes them strong. 
or hardworking or a pleasure to work with. They don't tell the students what behaviors or traits they have that are making them successful. They're generic. So instead of John as a strong student, consider John knew all of his patients on rounds and gave a thorough presentation daily to the team. Instead of Mary as hardworking, maybe Mary arrived early every day ready to round. She insisted nursing with vitals and followed up on labs and imaging. And again, I'd also recommend commenting on how the student responded to feedback. What types of comments are typically seen under the areas for improvement? This area is so often left blank and it really should not be. These are learners. Everyone has something they can improve upon, but probably the most common comment is John needs to read more or Mary should continue to increase his, her knowledge base. But as a student, I'd be asking myself, read about what? Anything specific or the entire specialty? So instead of read more, consider John needs to continue to review, review fetal heart tones and interpretation. Or John should continue to review indications and contraindications of surgical procedures. Same with Mary should increase her knowledge base. Again, is she weak in the entire specialty? If not, how does she know where her deficit is? more actionable count would be Mary needs to review causes of abdominal pain in adolescence. And in the John Hopkins School of Medicine, they actually created a PowerPoint called Teaching Skills for New Residents that has some really great narrative examples. So other examples they give, a comments we see, Jill is lazy, they recommend, what, what do you mean by lazy? Well, Jill was late to rounds and did not appear to be as prepared for questions as her classmates. Instead of Jim has a bad attitude, Jim aggressively often aggressively challenge residents in front of patients even after receiving feedback about his behavior. Remember, in these comments, we need to explain why we gave that student the grade we did, whether it was good or bad. So if these comments are going to be on the MSPE and may negatively affect the student's application for residency, should we still include them? And do you think that this is why preceptors can often leave this area blank? I do think that that they often leave it blank for this reason. It's a great question. I think it's always easier for a preceptor to write the strength section and oftentimes leave the area for unimprovement blank. Nobody wants to be unpopular. Nobody wants to hurt a student's feelings and nobody wants to be the reason a student doesn't match. So my answer to should we include these comments is yes and no. I think sometimes there's a situation that a preceptor may want the school to know about, but may not feel needs to be addressed in the MSP. Maybe there was one instance of unprofessionalism that was identified and addressed and is not recurred, no longer ongoing. The preceptor always has the option to call the school, talk to the discipline chair, talk to the associate dean. And we receive these phone calls. But remember, this is how programs learn about students. They assume you're being truthful and honest. So if you have a student who never shows up on time or lies about running on patients or is not receptive to feedback, these are things a program should know. This is the student, the person that will be in your residency program. The person is going to be a physician that may take care of your family and friends. And remember, at the core, students do value this feedback. They do want to get better. And one evaluation that has a negative comment is not going to cause a student not to match if it's not a pattern and the student has addressed it. Do you have any other advice for preceptors and faculty that are filling out these applications? Yeah, be honest, um, really grade on what you see and be timely. Give these students feedback in a respectful amount of time. Write comments, both good and bad. And if you have any questions about how to make comments more actionable or useful, please call. Thank you so much. 
This podcast provides general information and discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. It is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice or the practice of medicine. The views expressed herein do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Edward via College of Osteopathic Medicine or any other institution or employer. This episode was hosted and produced by Maddie Smith and edited by Peter Samuel. For more PRN, please be on the lookout. If you like this episode, tell someone about it and start up a conversation. This is PRN.